Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're joined by Eileen Leahy, Chair of HDOC Queer Housing Cooperative Management Committee to talk about the need and the idea behind their LGBT-specific housing cooperative and how this idea has been coming around and where we can plan all to be living as we become aged homosexuals yeah. uh, in the future. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming in to chat to us, Eileen. Thanks, oh, thanks, thanks so much for having me here. It's great. Um, the first thing I wanted to to ask you, I suppose, basically, is it what what is Ashtock and, and and where did the idea and the name come from? Um, so okay, we you know a group was got together around about seven years ago, so it was a long time, you know, uh, developing some ideas, and part of that was uh, we were we were really concerned about the housing crisis and how it was affecting the queer community in Dublin in in particular, and. Um, and, you know, part, part of the reason why it's taken so long is that original group, the people in it left because they needed to move for elsewhere for housing mm-hmm. reasons. So it's kind of ironic. And then uh, we, we uh, formed again, reformed again. We had a public meeting in um, twenty tw- uh, the beginning of 2020 and, you know, formed a new group and then COVID struck. So, but we did keep going over... Um, lockdown and you know uh, developed our our kind of principles we changed the name it had been queer housing uh, cooperative and we changed it to ashtock and the reason we went for ashtock is it's the irish for queer but it also means fabulous uh, wonderful that. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. brilliant that's a great idea and then it has chalk in the name which means house and also Ash is the beginning of Ashling, which means dream. So we're kind of thinking a fabulous queer dream house. I love this, this idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do I. I'm like, James, we ever do, could we ever live in one day? I, I think, I hope so. I do hope so. <laughs> and I, I suppose just for people who may not be, or may not like understand what the concept is, like what is a housing co-op? Well, housing co-ops actually have a long history, you know. Um, it's where people come together uh, and uh, manage their housing themselves. Like there's different styles you know in Ireland typically the history has been that people come together and, and you know as a, as a housing co-op and build houses and then once they're built built they go into private ownership so that's been more of a tradition here but across Europe and um, in the UK and even in America there are uh, housing co-ops that stay in uh, as a cooperative you know people own a share mm-hmm. in the co-op they don't own their individual properties if you know what I mean. So it's yeah. a, it's sort of a non-profit model. It's not about um, developers making a, a profit out of the, the housing. It's about it staying in community ownership and um, being, you know, having that security of tenure, tenure and that long-term um, investment so that it goes down the generations. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Like, I suppose home is supposed to be somewhere where people in our community feel and everyone feels safe right that's not always the case I suppose and you can always be yourself in your home I suppose when when you're queer um, be it you know if you're if your family might be against you coming out or if you find yourself in shared accommodation where you know there might be people where it's a hostile environment I guess um, what is the impact for someone who might be feeling threatened or unsafe in their home I think it has a huge impact on people and, and research actually backs that up, you know, that um, it's, it's sort of key to our well-being and yeah. to, to, you know, our, our well-being over the whole of our lives, not just at the particular time. So I think for um, 
LGBT populations, we tend to do less well on um, health and well-being mm. outcomes, income, you know, all these things, mm. because we start off in a, in, in a difficult place. And then um, when it comes to housing, that just adds, you know, another layer um, on top of that. So um, most of the research shows that LGBT people are more likely to, to suffer housing insecurity, mm. to be homeless. Um, you know, as, as we age, our housing is, is not as well, say, future proofed or not as suitable to our needs, but we're less likely to go uh, and look for services mm -hmm. and look yeah. for support out there. And so then that ends up having a, a knock on effect, knock -on you know, effect, through through all, all and, and on the community as well. I mean, this is one thing for Ashtock that was really important to us is, you know, having a queer community in, in Dublin, um, you know, in the centre. Mm -hmm. So that people, you know, it's not even just for, for people in Dublin, it's for people around the country. Everyone always knows that's the place where it's yeah, safe, it's to, safe be. to be. Yeah. It's do you know what 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 strikes me when you're speaking there is um first of all the safety of having a, a place to live, but mm -hmm. also being surrounded by people, like minded people, I suppose, yeah. and feeling supported yeah. and, and just safe you know yeah and i think we, we talk i mean we had national coming out day was mm -hmm. was not too not too long ago and there's a big conversation about kind of like how coming out opens your up access to this enormous community and how that's such a positive part of it but you know that's really no use to you if if you're stuck living in your your parents mm. guest bedroom yeah. and 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 they don't respect your identity or if you feel like as if the only option for you is to to maybe go into to being end up being homeless uh, as a result yeah. of it and it'd be interesting to ask it so what can what can housing bodies do to to address this and what needs to happen in like homeless services? Yeah, and and that's a big issue. I you know I think that's um, coming up. There's not a huge amount of research in Ireland on that, but but um, belong to and focused a, a, a big research project on on it there a couple of years ago. And there is and there is research being done that will come out. But what we see from other places is that. Um, people tend to, when they're in the homeless service, they go back in the closet. And again, that really does have a neg negative impact on people. It's, it, you know, it's not a healthy or a safe way to be. And the other thing is that um, maybe, and particularly for young people, that they're less inclined to access the homeless services in the first, in the mm. first place. So they're more inclined to be sleep, sleeping rough or couch surfing, surfing or yeah. squatting. And, you know, that that again then has a lot of other negative mm. Im impacts on on that person. But for older people and people in midlife, it, you know, it's the same as mm. well. It isn't just something that affects younger people. It it can affect anyone who you know anyone from the LGBT community yeah. who becomes homeless. And funnily enough, there's um, research on people in um, international national protection services and direct provision and things like that. And they say exactly the same things as as LGBT people yeah. in in the homeless service. They they're, you know, they're too afraid to be mm. out. They don't feel safe. They don't see, feel secure, and they go back into the closet. And again, with peop older people, LGBT people in nursing homes, yeah. go back into the closet. So it's a repeated cycle of, mm. you know, adversity. I suppose completely. And I mean, the, the specific area that that I work in my uh, sort of in my in my day job is around the needs of older members of our community. And there has been so much research that has shown like the damaging consequences of older members of our community being kind of having to go back in the closet when they go into sort of assisted living or even where they mm -hmm. start to have to have home care people coming into, into their yeah. homes and their spaces. So I suppose we've, we touched a little bit on it there, but so what, how do the housing needs of LGBT people sort of differ from the general population? Um, 
I think that, you know, in Ireland in particular, but, you know, probably everywhere, we, we just see this heteronormative model of, of home and housing. And it's so taken for granted that we don't even question that. I mean, we're in a housing crisis, so we're not really thinking about this dream, the fabulous <laughs> queer, queer home. We had a, a workshop uh, there just Saturday gone, um, or Saturday a couple of weeks ago, probably now. But uh, as part of the op- open house, um, you know, the Architecture Foundation's yeah. open house. And, um, you know, a lot of the stuff came up there. It was surprising, actually, because c- it kind of backed up ideas that we had found elsewhere and talking to people in the community. But what, what it seems to be is that uh, queer people want to feel safe. That's really, really important. But they don't uh, and they don't want to be kind of shut in or living in some kind mm. of uh, secure gated community, mm-hmm. being connected to the outside world and to the community, not just the gay community, but also, you know, the city that you live society. in or the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to society in general is really important. So it's that kind of, um, I think, I think the, um, you know, the heterosexual model, for example, might be, you know, what people aspire to is the three bed semi, master bedroom, ensuite, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the smaller rooms for the children, yeah. the family room, et cetera, et cetera, with the fence around <laughs> it. And, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah, kind of, of thing. We yeah, all, yeah. we all grew up the with keeping up appearances. Yes. <laughs> it's either, either that's the aspiration and people would love to have that and they're doing, you know, the best they can, or it's the norm that, yeah. that people experience. Whereas, what we, we're finding is that queer people are looking for something. It's not so much about the amount of space you have. It's just the type of space that there's that visibility, yeah. but mm. safety and security, privacy versus being yeah. connected to the outside world. And it just kind of shows that we were talking there about um, going back in the closet and being in services that, you know, I think the thing we f- we fear most is the isolation. And that's mm-hmm. probably the isolation we felt when we were young. It, you know, it's so important to us to never go back to that place. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, we've we've all found ourselves in positions where we've felt like maybe we're unsafe because of our identity and that mm-hmm. feeling, it, it like it hangs over you. And even if it's not just a taxi journey home at the mm-hmm. end of the night, yeah. it hangs over mm-hmm. you and it sits really with you. Um, another thing, I suppose, this is just something that occurred to me off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but that like obviously, you know, within the, the queer community... I, it's so important for a city like any city to have like a vibrant and dynamic and exciting kind of feeling to it that keeps the life flowing mm-hmm. through it and that comes from the sort of creative people who are willing to do and try new things and, and the artists who are, who are willing to kind of bring new and exciting, exciting things to the city and many queer people yeah. gravitate <laughs> towards those sort of roles but it was in the current <laughs> housing crisis as people like that are being kind of pushed further and further mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of the city it, it's damaging kind of yeah. what Dublin is. Yeah, we're being oh, drained. Absolutely. We're being starved yeah. of creativity and, yeah. mm-hmm. and young queer people who bring so much to the society, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in some ways, it's great that people are moving and setting up sort of creative, you know, uh, groups and, and things in towns, you know, because the towns across Ireland and, and rural places, you know, have been the ones that have suffered from the lack of, of yeah. you know, that kind of uh, the creative industries or whatever. But I think for... Uh, queer people, there's an added layer to that is that we there there are a lot of queer people employed in creative industries and other low paid, insecure sort of jobs. And they're really being affected. Those kind of jobs are really being affected by um, the housing crisis. And, um, you know, if, if you end up having to live, you know, and being scattered and dispersed around the country, one of the things that, that, that you know, is coming up a lot is that you end up sort of watering yourself down, even if you're in this part of this great uh, you know 
vibrant creative community somewhere mm-hmm. that is you know evolving because of the housing crisis you know somewhere in the country but like it it just means that you're the well maybe not the only gay in the village yeah. but you know there's less <laughs> yeah. there's something about the strength in numbers I think that has yeah. really made this country you know the the um, equality referendum mm-hmm. and the you know other things that you know other freedoms and liberties that we've got over the last number of years and that's because there's been a lot of yeah. gay people mm. you know all together in one place so that we can imagine more we can imagine yeah. bigger and yeah. better than if there's only a few of us we're yeah. just looking for the basic you know yeah. sure. I, I mean that, to, to get back on track mm-hmm. what do you hope to achieve with Ashtok all that said about yes. <laughs> the reasons yeah um, well at the moment we're really trying to look you know to get some funding for a feasibility study and to look at how this can be done. And we are registered um, as a co-op and, and, you know, people are are very free to apply and become a member because um, while, um, you know, a lot of people who are in housing need will become members because they're looking for housing, we're also trying to make sure that people across the community, whether securely housed or not, are members of Ashtok so that we have that kind of community Mm. foundation and community base. And... um, from that, then we um, are able to start building up to to look at a feasibility. What would this look like? How could it be done? You know, like I said, most of the housing cooperatives in Ireland have been, um, you know, private privately owned. You know, people come together to privately build a house and then then they own it. Yeah. But we want we want something that remains in community mm-hmm. ownership that's sustainable for you know, a number of generations that isn't that doesn't just disperse and end up getting sold off. So um, we've been working on a proposal, uh, you know, for for that kind of research that would be um, sort of see, you know, how we would finance it, how we would manage and control it. You know, are there sites mm-hmm. available Um you know, all, all the various logistical things that mm-hmm. aren't about the yeah. fancy design yeah. and, you know, the beautiful <laughs> yeah. home. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but, you know, the all dur- that stuff. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff has to get done. Can I just ask, and this is pure naivety, I suppose, right? What is your, like, just say it all happens and everything, mm. you know, it, it goes exactly how according to how Ashton wanted mm. to work. What do we expect to see at the end? Like, do we see, you know, loads of apartments or do we see, you know, this like, I don't know, um, co-living spaces or, or what, mm-hmm. what, what would it look like in the, in, in the ideal world when it, yeah. when it comes to fruition we hope uh, well we're not quite there yet yeah. because we're still looking at models but um, definitely it will be intergenerational I mean that's really yeah. really important and that's one of the key things that it is intergenerational because you know again we were talking about old people but one of the things that, that we find with older LGBT people is that uh, we don't want to live in isolation. Yeah. We don't want to end up just being with other people like mm-hmm. ourselves. And that's another thing about the, you know, what, what queer housing is. People want the diversity yeah. and they want to live, you know, connected into the, the wider community as well. And also that would be a good way to sustain, you know, as people age, there there's the possibility of care, and, you know, and, and mutual aid. Uh, cooperatives, yeah. one of the key principles of cooperatives cooperatives is that there is mutual aid so we support each other but also help out you know younger people and then people fleeing um, persecution in other places Mm -hmm. but then you know there's all those people in the middle as well who you know it isn't just about um, people in need or um, you know we all want to live somewhere that's nice that's beautiful but that's also you know a a nice vibrant place to live so it would be across the board I think what sounds lovely about it is that it is just like 
real society you know like yeah. there is people from all ages and stuff coming together and yeah. we'll probably have loads of different interests and lived experiences so I think everyone could probably benefit from that right so yeah you're getting yeah. your name down on the list now, I'm like how do I apply <laughs> where do you want me well I, I'll, give you, I'll give you those details <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I'm like what, what are the fitting and fixtures like <laughs> yeah. but I don't I sp- like rose gold <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's rose gold at home yeah but I suppose that's one of the things is that we're, we're not thinking necessarily a co-living or a block of apartments or you know um, three bedroom you know houses or whatever it's it's a kind of diversity of different housing according to the needs Amazing. of the people yeah. yeah I mean that's great isn't it really like yeah. kind no. of meets the needs of everyone it absolutely is I suppose I the last mm. thing before we uh, before before we let you go is and you kind of mentioned this already but how can people get involved and, and like what can people do <laughs> Yeah. Well, we really do need buy-in from the community. So it's, you know, anyone listening, please, please mm. get in touch and get involved. We have a website, ashtock.ie, A-I-S-T-E-A-C-H, uh, for the non-Irish speakers, .ie. And uh, you can contact us through the website and, you know, we we'll, we'll, we can send out membership forms. There's, it's You know, membership of a co-op is a legal um we're, you know, we're legally set up. So it's uh, one euro per, per membership and it's one member, uh, one vote per member as well. So someone could buy loads of shares, for yeah. example. They don't get more votes. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the the principles are that it's voluntary democratic, that you you need to make okay. that financial yeah. commitment of your one euro. Otherwise, mm. you're not a, a member. Which means, I suppose, so that like... It, it doesn't matter, you know, how much money you have. You no. have e- equal say to this, which is which is lovely, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Eileen. <laughs> Thank it's actually so interesting. Future sorted. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. But it's because, I think, because, like, we're all living in this world at the moment where there is a housing crisis and mm-hmm. it's nice to hear that there's somebody out there somebody out there is doing something about it yeah. and especially yeah. for our community so thank yeah. you so much for that okay and, th- and you know if we all work together you know these exactly. are this is how problems get solved yeah, thanks, thank Eileen. you so much Curiosity on Dublin City FM